Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Jackson just pointed at me like he's running the DJ booth at Surrender and Encore. And now he's head bobbing. This guy's got a lot of momentum. He's feeling the Jamaica trip. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling good, Tim. And his roommate, Lisa Ann. This guy is dangerous today. You know what's dangerous is after the Blues performance last night, I texted Jeremy Rutherford. I took things, I took matters into my own hands this morning. It's 6.30, and I said, you on with anybody today on 101? And he said, if you want me to come on, I'm available. And he said, as a matter of fact, I'll come in studio. Uh. I said, it's time then. We need to have a summit. That's what I said. We need a summit. Absolutely. Jeremy Rutherford in studio at 10.15 after last night's debacle in front of 320 people. Be a bigger crowd at Afton Athletic Association. For real. Uh, it's time to have a conversation. And so, listeners, I'm sure you have many questions, comments for JR. I am looking forward to our summit. Uh, we'll probably do a couple segments with him starting at 10:15. So that is coming your way here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganest. St. Louis Acura, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Uh, we will not be on the program. We'll be on TMA because we're broadcasting from Jamaica on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but uh, we are heading to Jamaica tomorrow morning and doing our show on HD2, brag, from Jamaica, which actually is a brag. Yeah. But I'm, it's not really intended to be, but it is, I, I guess, even though I'm not intending it. Because as I told you off the air, I have a great deal of anxiety about leaving my two children. Right. My son's first birthday is today, and then I have a five-year-old. My wife is coming with me, and we're leaving our two sons with uh, my wife's parents, and I just am not doing well with it, Jackson. So you're going to have to... I'll, I'll try I'm going to be the shoulder to you're going to be the shoulder to cry on while you and Lisa Ann are rooming together. I'll be in the room weeping. I'm always here for you, Tim. Oh my gosh. I'm always here for you. Oh my gosh. What's always here on Fridays, the Lil Piddle Six Shooter. I can't wait for it. And then Jeremy Rutherford in the studio. What a smorgasbord we have. Yeah, this could be a banner show. Yeah, this is the one. All right, well, let's get the well, it's flying. Uh the Lil Piddle's Friday Sixers starts off with which would be more surprising to you, the Blues making the playoffs or the Blues extending Ryan O'Reilly? Extending Ryan O'Reilly. Really? Hmm. Oh, well, if you disagree, give me your reasons. Well, I think if he were to be willing to take the team-friendly deal, it could change the outlook of what they do in the offseason, and, you know, I, I just don't know. I do not see it. I do not see it. I would put them. What? What, what are the money puck uh, playoff percentages like this morning? Yeah, why don't we do? Why don't you go ahead and fire the bullet? Well, if it was got? like one percent like a month ago, I'm gonna. It wasn't one one percent a month ago. Wasn't I mean, that? if you want to operate on that, that way I can totally ship your bankroll if you want to say something. I thought it was. No, uh, it wasn't one percent. It was low, but it wasn't that low. I'll put it at eight percent then. Well, that's a guy. I haven't looked yet. I've got it up, but I haven't looked at it. Um, God, if I went over or under on eight percent. 
God, that, that might be like, it's like betting on zero or double zero on roulette. I might yeah. just take 8%. Thank Let's see you. what we got. 5.1% to make the playoffs. 5.1%. Wow. We are now approaching getting Connor Bedard being about equal. 4.2%. Right, yeah. I remember it was uh, a little while ago, it was more likely that they would get Bedard than it was make the playoffs. Really? I thought that's what it was. I remember there was a shocking thing with that money puck thing we did. And I thought it was either 1% make the playoffs or it was more likely they got Bedard. I can't remember which. Currently the favorite for uh, Connor Bedard, uh, CBJ at 14.3%, Ducks 132 Blackhawks. 12.1. Everybody else is single-digit percentages, but the Blues are now at 4.2% to get to win the lottery and 5.1% to make the playoff. Uh, Jackson, what else is coming up on this Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter here on Balloon Party on 101 ESPN, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. I bought you time. Click, click, reload. Of every local team, whose seat is the hottest and whose is the coldest? Okay, so we're including Illinois football and basketball, Missouri football and basketball, and then Blues and Cardinals and the pink and the yellow. Yep, and then uh, the Billikens as well. Billikens, Billikens, rah, rah, rah. All right. Tick-tock, tick-tock, boy. The hot seat, I think, is between two, maybe three people are in competition for it. There's one person like who like would be well, the Drinkwitz is an obvious right. one. Right. I would say Drinkwitz, Baruby, four to the three you're thinking. No. I think. Oh, you th- you going champagneing? No, no. I think Underwood's safe for now, um, and I think Ford is safe. Uh, Marmol's safe. I think maybe Mosellock is the one. Oh, I thought we were talking about head coaches and managers. No, I was talking to everybody. Oh, okay. I should have been more specific. The six shooter is. <sighs> People are walking by the studio, and they're going to see something risotto. They're going to have like something <laughs> thrown at them. Three <laughs> D radio. <laughs> Hey, is that the guy who does the HD2 thing? So he's throwing things at me. Uh, okay, well, I mean, I, I, the Masalok situation, is, there's something there that is different. And by that I mean, if his contract's up at the end of the year, mm-hmm. this isn't a, at this point when you've been with the organization for 25 years, it's not, a, a, it's not the way business would be done that we're going to let him be a lame duck. So to me, that tells you that there is going to be some kind of a change. Mm-hmm. So do you see what I, do you understand what I'm saying? Am I not conveying it properly? I got up at three in the morning and couldn't <laughs> fall back asleep. So I, I, I might just be word spewing even worse than normal. I guess change is the the word in that because I hear where you're coming from about the. I mean, but here's what I'm saying to you: If he wanted to be the president of baseball operations with a uh, with a contract extension, he would have it. Uh huh. So something is up. Right. So I take him out of the equation in part because I thought we were only talking coaches or managers. And if we are doing that, then I would say the hottest seat is either Drinkwitz or Baruby. I don't think you can just, when when a team's doing this, and it's been the Blackhawks and and the Coyotes in two of the last three, I recognize the Sabres are trending, uh, albeit not a playoff team at the moment, or they're lurking in a playoff team. The Sabres are certainly getting some attention here with their with their play as of late. Uh, they're 56.8% to make the playoffs. But, you know, you're giving up five goals. I, I don't know. I, I don't expect there to be a change, but when you have those kinds of performances, that's eye-catching. I still think he's safe. I think if Eli Drinkwitz doesn't win seven games, barring a surprise, he's not the head coach at Missouri for a fifth season. So, therefore, I would rank him the yeah. One that would be the hottest. I think that's a fair assessment. And the coldest seat, who's got the safest job? Um, it might be 
Dennis, Dennis Gates. Gates. Yeah, because just because of the heat he has right now, it's just in his first year, he kind of gets that advantage. But I think Marmol's safe. I think everyone outside of, like, everyone in Illinois for the most part is safe. Uh, like, Illinois, like, especially football, like, the people are, like, moving up, you know, less so than moving away. All right, next question. Which do you prefer, the college football playoff Final Four or the AFC-NFC championship? Oh, that's a nice question. As Tony LaRusse would say, six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Yeah. I really enjoy them both. Yeah. I got to tell you something. Are you aware of the fact we're kind of doing off-air business on the air, but I've been doing that for two decades? <laughs> um, they have a dinner scheduled for us in Jamaica on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Right at the time. During, was it, would that be I during? guess I could just watch stuff on my phone. That's what I'll be doing with the Tigers versus the Cyclones. So I can say to like the other radio personalities in from whatever city, I guarantee they're not on HD2. No, right, exactly. And so they they'll know they're dealing with a big wheel when I'm sitting there on phone books. They might not understand. And also tell me about, tell how many you guys, how'd you get started in radio and what did you make a mistake in majoring in journalism or communications? And then I'll just go, okay, well, that's interesting. And I'll just nod as I watch the <laughs> yeah. Bengals and Chiefs. Right, exactly. Oh, really? So you started in, you started in South Dakota. How'd that, how, really? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> That, that's that's so Jackson. I I suppose my answer will be the college football playoff, but it's like fifty one forty nine. It's Ace King suited against Pocket Queens. Yeah, I hear. You. I'm an AFC NFC championship guy. I think naturally I'm a more bigger fan of the NFL. I don't like I when somebody says more bigger. That was a mistake. Uh, I didn't go to journalism school, so this is showing. This is showing. But you did graduate. I did graduate from the University of Missouri. I did. So I got to wear that one. Um, but I, I just always have liked the AFC NFC Championship better. And outside of this previous year, the uh, college football playoff Final Four games usually weren't great. That's correct. I mean, there was the was the Ohio State was the first one Ohio State when Ezekiel Elliott went crazy uh, on New Year's Eve. I, I feel like he had like a huge touchdown run to end the game, and that was a big play. But since then, I feel like it's usually a blowout, and there's like one team that just gets smoked. Here's to- my reasoning: You're off the next day almost all the time with the college football playoff. That is, that's a good point. And so that puts me in a good state of mind. That's a good point. It's kind of the same thing when I start to think about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, I love the Stanley Cup playoffs, but another reason why I love them and the Masters, and I love both, is we are about to start enjoying warm weather in this yeah. area. Yeah. And that puts me in a good state of mind. So this is strictly personal bias. A next question on the six-shooter, because this Jeremy Rutherford is itching to get in here and for this summit. We're having a summit. So we got Bengals, Chiefs. We got Niners, Eagles. Which game are you looking forward to most? Uh, Bengals, Chiefs, no question. Yeah, I think those are the marquee matchups. Now, I think the I think the better game could be Eagles and Niners. They match up so well. Both high-powered offense, both high-powered Any defense. of the four can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, that might sound like, a, oh, you don't say. <laughs> this takes me. You know, that's why you have an hour. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know if you can necessarily say that too. I mean, of course, you can always say it if you got there. But... Sometimes it's pretty clear that one team is a heavy favorite. I mean, you're talking about a three-point favorite in one game, and the Chiefs have gone from being a one-point underdog to a one, one-and-a-half-point favorite because of Mahomes' success at practice so far this week. Right. But um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it, which is why i got to make sure I bring my phone to the dinner. Yeah. All right, uh, fifth bullet here. I'm doing kind of an audible on this, but I like it. So Brock Purdy's on this unbelievable run, going from Mr. Irrelevant to leading his team to the NFC Championship. If he's able to secure two more wins and win a Super Bowl, do you think he dethrones Kurt Warner and becomes the quintessential underdog story? Who else no. would be in that conversation? No. It's still uh, to answer to, to the first question, it's no. Brock Purdy, 
was not in the spot Kurt Warner was in. Sure. Um, Kurt Warner was, you know, as we in St. Louis, it's cliche for younger people around the country. They may not be familiar with it, which uh, is kind of something else to me, but I understand it. I mean, if you're in your teens or 20s, why in the world would you know or, you know, if mathematically you wouldn't be able to remember because you weren't around for it. But Kurt Warner was, you know, arena league, yeah. working in a grocery store, high V. Yeah. You know, I mean, and he was the backup quarterback. Right, right. So you combine that with Brock Purdy, and I realize Mr. Irrelevant, and he was the third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the Warner story, from my standpoint, supersedes it. Yeah, I think that Purdy becomes the Kurt Warner of this generation. He's the underdog story of the NFL for people who are you know 10 to 20 years old. He beats this defense. That is taking it to another level. Warner had to beat the Buccaneers defense. But I remember going to that game. I took a week off from my television job. And Little Rock came up here for it thinking, okay, I'll go to the NFC Championship game. Then I'll just be in St. Louis for the week to enjoy the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there. I'm going, oh, my God, they're losing. I think it was like 6-5. to five. It's like a baseball game in the eighth inning. And I'm going, I'm just going to be sitting around in St. Louis. And, there's, and the Buccaneers are going to be playing the Titans in the Super Bowl. What in the world happened? And then, as Pat Summerall said, Warner, touchdown, touchdown. Great call. That was the call. Great call. And the final bullet, it's always the same one every week. Favorite bet for the weekend. According to the formula, it's the Eagles. Yeah, it is. Even though my play was the Bills and the 49ers meeting in the Super Bowl, which I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Well, it's doubtful, but you never know. Right. Uh, but the the math is on the uh, Eagles based on the formula. Yeah, I like the Eagles as well. That's it's the formula. They, sometimes yeah. the numbers don't lie. So uh, that's that would be my play. I don't know if I'll have a real rooting interest unless I throw money. I want. The, I think I want the Bengals to win. I really like Joe Burrow, and I like the way I like to see him go back to back Super Bowls and win this time. Uh, and I want to see the Eagles badly. I, I like Philly sports fans. I know people have mixed opinions on them. but well, I just, you, you view the East Coast as superior to the, to the Midwest. Elite, yeah. Yeah, elite. Better and, schools, better education, more old money that yeah. you like to associate with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of the above, Tim. Um, but I want to see the Eagles in there. I think Eagles and Bengals will be an awesome matchup. Well, you can get that offense, get that defense. But look at the Bengals' defense recently. Can that be carried over into Arrowhead Stadium? You're going to find out on Sunday. Okay, Jeremy Rutherford is patiently waiting. He's unhappy with the fact that we're not on time, as if he's surprised by that. <laughs> he is going to join us for a summit. Your questions, your comments for JR. This is your time. 314-399-9646. The Air Comfort Service text line will ask some of the questions uh, that Jackson asked for the uh, six-shooter to JR. That's coming up in the very next segment here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. 101 ESPN. That's our summit music. That's when you know we're about to get down to business. Haunting. Jeremy Rutherford is in studio. Welcome to the summit. I figured that was going to be like a new NBA theme song. I mean, <laughs> yeah, There'd be that's more what the Nuggets are coming out to tonight. <laughs> you better believe it. Uh, JR, thank you so much for coming in. Anytime, I mean, I texted brother. you like at 6.30. See, I just assume if you're under a certain age that everybody's got their do not disturb on. So even when I'm up, I've been up since 3, like some kind of lunatic. And uh, 
and it's 6.30. I'm like, I, I don't think you're on any other shows on the station. With our little one-hour nitwit hour, I never want to like ruin the good shows. So if they've got you on another show, I'm like, I'm not going to... But I didn't think you were on, so I'm like, hey, are you on? And then you offer to come in studio for this summit. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, 6.30. I just got back from Pilates. I saw your text. <laughs> yeah, you do look limber today. I guess uproarious <laughs> laughter by me was not appropriate. Yeah, but that, I've always said that for years. It's not the person who makes the joke. It's always the follow-up laughter, yeah. snide. It, well, it's, it's like when you ask a question, and then the guy clearly gets pissed off at the question. People go, what a bad question. I'm like, the question might have been good. The guy might have just been in a crappy mood and wanted yeah. to dress you down. Yeah. Uh, so we have this summit here. Two segments. Can we do two segments? You can do whatever you want. Wow, how about yeah. that? Uh, Jeremy Rutherford, I know a lot of people have some thoughts. Probably had a lot of thoughts after the Blackhawks game and then after the Sabres game but last night fair to say that was the uh that was the low point you know it's hard to do this when you actually Mount Rushmore of low points of the 2022 <laughs> yeah. 2023 season it, it, it's actually hard to do this when you cover the team because you need to know whatever happens all the way to the final whistle you know after after the game people could ask you anything and you need to be in a position to answer the question I almost turned it off last night. Oh, wow. That might have been the first time in years where you're just looking at the TV, and you're not a fan. You're not upset. It's just like, I don't know if I can keep watching this. Yeah. Like, it, it was bad. And then, yeah, you look at these last three games, a three-game losing streak. You're down 3 nothing to the Hawks. You're down 4 nothing to Buffalo. You're down 5 nothing last night. That's tough to, tough to explain away or defend, right? It is, and people, you know, have talked about them coming back in a few games. But yeah, you're going to make a push in the third period. The other team's backing off, and mm-hmm. they've got the game won, so on and so forth. So just no life. Uh, I don't want to say no life. There's a couple fights in here, you know, recently, and you know, a couple players I think showing some emotion. But I think for the most part, uh, this has not looked like an NHL hockey team the past couple games. I'm going to ask uh, Jr. a few questions, and then we will go to the Air Comfort Service text line. So you want to have your opinions or questions heard and answered. 314-399-9646. Jeremy Rutherford, kind enough to come in studio on very short notice. Uh, let me start with this one. Have you seen a change uh, in the team's demeanor or attitude over the last couple of weeks compared to the earlier frustrating stretches of the season? This team got so close to crawling back into a playoff spot, and then the wheels just fell off. Uh, is it getting harder for the team to think that they're a win streak or two away from resetting the season? I think so, definitely. You know, I think that even though fans, media looked at them a month ago and said, how is this team going to become a playoff team? I think they believe that they could still put together a couple winning streaks. You know, I don't want to say that they're resigned to the fact because I don't think really professional athletes get to that point till it's it's mathematically. But I do think what, what you say here, you know, just looking at their faces the other night in the locker room, uh, the night uh, they lost to Buffalo and they gave up all the open slot shots. I mean, Braden Shen, you're standing next to him and he's just staring into space a little bit as he's talking to you, Justin Falk, yeah. you know, these guys. So I think, yeah, you get to a point where you say, for whatever reason, you know, these guys are thinking uh, it's just not working for us and we can't figure out why and they get to that point you're talking about. Doug Armstrong was vocal regarding Craig Berube, the first address of the media in November, if memory serves, that was either late October or early November. Um, This is the first time I've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it throughout the course of January with the disappointment that's taken place. But this is the first time I've seen it since around then, uh, whether it be here in the Air Comfort Service text line, social media mentions uh, where people are back on, not everybody by any means, but it's starting to pop up again. 
Uh, number one, do you still view him as safe? I mean, he's made it this far into the year. And then number two, what is your perception or insight into his command of the room at the moment? Yeah, you're right, Tim. I think that uh, when Doug came out and that became a, a topic, you know, uh, back then in November, uh, there were a lot of people who said, I think he is a problem. And you had a lot of people, a lot more people say, you know, I don't think he's the problem. Now you get to that situation again where people are talking about Craig Bruby's job. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of it last night after the game, but I still see a, a good number of people saying he's not the problem. It's the roster. I don't think Craig Bruby's the issue just talking to people and, and watching myself each day. I don't think he's the issue. You know, people listening right now might disagree with that. But here's my question to you. If you think he's the problem, do you think another coach comes in and can get this roster as it's currently constructed, even if you bring back some of these guys, the the guys like O'Reilly and Buchnevich, can you lead this team to wins and get in the playoffs? And I'm not talking about the jolt you're going to get from a coaching staff that goes away in three weeks. I'm talking mm-hmm. about a coach who can come in and, and lead this team. Maybe it can, but I don't think that's going to solve what the Blues' problems are. Jackson posed this question in the uh, award-winning six-shooter, um, and it was, I'm paraphrasing here, but what is a better chance of happening, am I correct? The Blues make the playoffs or the Blues sign Ryan O'Reilly to a contract extension. Yep. You had a hell of a story uh, in The Athletic yesterday regarding O'Reilly and a conversation you had with him, and he conveyed that he'd be willing to take less to stay, and he is hopeful that that can happen, and indicated that there is either some discussion going or he's hoping that there will be some discussion going. Uh, how would you answer uh, the first question of today's six-shooter? The six-shooter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pew pew, <laughs> pew pew. <laughs> I told you about that. My daughter said that a few weeks ago. And I'm like, what are you saying, pew pew? I don't understand. <laughs> She's like a cop. I go, what do you mean a cop? She's shooting. And I go, okay. <laughs> it's like this is a new thing. But then when I heard Jackson say it, okay, yeah. it's legit. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Well, yeah. you know me. I'm I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> uh, you know, make the playoffs. Ryan O'Reilly sign. Uh, I just read Dom's story at the Athletic, and I, I didn't know what the percentage was after last night's game, but it looks like it's three percent chance of making the playoffs. Money pucks in around five percent. Five percent. Okay. Yeah. They're also three percent at Counter Bedard right now. I, I think yeah. It, well, it's four percent of money pucks, so it's starting to get even. Yeah, about get even. Yeah. So I don't think the Blues are going to make the playoffs. I'd have to side in the six shooter question there with the O'Reilly thing, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. Right. We can talk about but that. We have to choose between the two. But if you have to choose between the two, I think there's probably a slightly better chance that uh, O'Reilly would resign. What do so, you guys say? Uh, I went with, I, I don't think there's any chance with the O'Reilly thing, and I also don't think there's virtually any chance that they make the playoffs, but I would give that a higher percentage. Now, you are the one who spoke with him. I imagine at some point you'll also talk with or have talked with people close to the situation from the front office side. Uh, what was, you, I mean, you can provide some context. You were sitting there with him on, on that conversation. I was stunned when I read your story. I really was. I was really, it was, it's great reporting. I was surprised by the things that he was saying. Not that he's saying, we're just a win streak away. We believe this team can win this year or next year. Is the captain, what else is he going to say? He has to say that. But when he was talking about really wanting to uh, stay and work, start and work on an extension and uh, how he would take less to stay here. And, and, and also, I want to ask this, the Players Union has... You know, he right. can't just go, right. whatever, I want to stay in St. Louis. So there's that element of it, too. Yeah, like Jackson can't come in and say, I'll only take 110, you know, because right. I want to work here. Right. 100. 100. Yeah, Cause, cause <laughs> very he's, similar. Because he's currently at buck seventy-five. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're sitting there with Ryan O'Reilly at the practice facility, and here's how it went down. So we're working on a story at The Athletic about the trade that brought him from Buffalo to St. Louis. Yeah. As we get closer the fifth to the anniversary's coming up. Yeah, what a trade. And so you pick the 
biggest trade, you know, obviously we've broken down Hall so many times that we're going to use this uh, Ryan O'Reilly one. So, you know, I want to sit down with him and talk about the, that time in his career when he was coming to St. Louis. And you do about 15 minutes chatting with him about that. And then I said, hey, listen, need to ask you about your future. Feel free to swat away any questions that you don't want to ask, but I'm just going to throw them at you and, and you let me know. And you don't know where to start because you want to break the ice a little bit. Uh, but I just said, hey, listen, you came out several months ago and said that uh, you and, and Doug and the team had some preliminary talks. Has that picked up? Has that changed? Is there anything different with that? And I was a little bit surprised that he came out and said uh, what he did, which was, yeah, we've talked recently and uh, we're you know, starting a little bit of dialogue about a possible extension. And actually, when he finished his answer, Tim, I had to look at him and say, hey, listen, I just want to be a million percent clear I got this right. So you're saying you've spoken to the Blues about a potential contract. And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. So, you know, away we go and start talking about that situation. And he kept coming back to, I just want to be here for this. You know, everybody, you know, thinks that we're we're out, we're, we need to rebuild. We don't. I don't think we do. We're closer than everybody thinks, and I want to be a part of it. Wow. Have you gotten any indication from the Blues as to where they are on that? No, as we know, you know, I don't pretend to, you know, know what Doug Armstrong's thinking along those lines. He's super stealth with that stuff. Uh, the circle's tight, which, you know, I understand why he keeps it that way. Uh, but, you know, I think it's also common knowledge that the Blues have gauged interest in what they could get for Ryan O'Reilly. I think Darren Drager, who talks to a lot of NHL people around the league. So you're going to catch that information mm-hmm. probably before a guy in St. Louis who's focused on the Blues you know, Darren Drager's hearing a lot of stuff around the league, and he said that, yeah, they've reached out and, and they're, they're gauging interest. So to me, I think when you hear about a potential contract extension or at least Ryan O'Reilly telling you that they've had talks, I think it's Doug Armstrong doing his due diligence on both sides, yeah. checking with the options around the league and also checking, hey, what would it cost to re-sign Ryan O'Reilly if they wanted to? And then you, you know what you've got when you head into the deadline. Any indication on what it looks like? you could get for him. And I've seen wide delta. What are you seeing on what the market looks like for him? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I hate to kind of repeat stuff that I've heard, whether it be three weeks ago, a month ago, but I have, you know, heard it from multiple places that you're looking at a first round pick and possibly a prospect. And we're not talking about a upper echelon first round draft pick guy, you know, just 19 years old. You know, maybe it's a second-round pick. Maybe it's a guy who um, isn't one of the team's best prospects. Uh, but at, nonetheless, you get a first-round pick and a top prospect, I think that's what you could be looking at for Ryan O'Reilly. All right, we have a, a million texts in here for questions for you, and we will go through uh, as many as we can coming up on the other side of our commercial break. It is Balloon Party with Jeremy Rutherford in studio for a summit. Following the Blues debacle last night in Arizona, this is driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, JR with you on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the party driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, JR in studio. And the pure delight you have on your face is you get to watch Jackson do a Sports Center update and update the people on Paul George's stat line. I do know uh, Paul George's stat line now. Also, Tim, I knew I was coming in here to answer some Blues questions. Mm-hmm. I figured they would be uh, a little more sophisticated than this one that uh, Jackson asked me right before he went on for that sports update. Oh, no. He said, uh, hey, hey, what was the Blues score last night? Where's my bottle to throw? 
And you know what? Two things. Um, I'm still not. Are they the Phoenix or Arizona Coyotes? Arizona. Oh, okay. No. Well, they've changed. They've changed. Uh, and then you know, Tim walked in right while I was doing the Sports Center update. I told Jeremy, I go, well, if the Sports Center update's quick, it's going to be the Piddle Show. And he immediately put his hands on his head and was staring out the window. I noticed he was close to the door when yeah. I walked in. He was and I praying you were coming him. back. He was praying, or otherwise I would just start breaking down the Western Conference. Yeah. Let's also mention that he did not believe me when I told him five nothing, and he actually Googled Blue Score. He thought that yeah, he's 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 very distrustful. Well, Tim has tried to get one. Yeah, I tried, tried to sabotage these just because I love to read the text. Look, I don't know what's going to happen with O'Reilly and Tarasenko, but I know the score from last night. Yeah. That's why you're the inside. God, I hate your updates, Jackson. That's from the 618. And we're underway. That's the nicest thing anybody said. Yeah, not bad. Uh, millions of texts with Jeremy <laughs> Rutherford in the studio here for the uh, summit. I am going to uh, go through as many as I can, JR, here, because I know the people are angst ridden following last night. Uh, JR, what does a realistic contract Five extension? Nothing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're just pre programmed yeah. now after, after being hit with that kind of question. I'm going to go on the Moron show, where all I got to do is give the score, and it sounds like I'm up to date. What does a realistic contract extension for Ryan O'Reilly look like? Uh, one that would work for both Ryan and the Blues. Uh, could you see? I mean, I'm just going to throw this out yeah, there three here? times five. I, I was mean, thinking that that's actually what I was thinking. Like that's maybe fair. you could get it down from five if you gave him the fourth year, but I don't know if you if you want to give him the fourth year. But somewhere in there. Uh, let's see what we got. Is it possible that any of these trades are a hockey trade for a young, controlled NHLer? If that is possible, who is someone that may be available in a fit with the Blues? That comes from Andrew in the 618. Well, Andrew, the only one that comes to mind, and this is probably a long shot, I you know, I reached out to my colleague in New York. You had uh, Alex uh, Lafreniere, the number one overall pick from a few years ago. He was a healthy scratch for the Rangers this year. Uh, people look at that as a potential hockey trade. Say you were trading Tarasenko there and the Rangers didn't want to give up a first-round pick. Yeah. You know, Do they move on from Lafreniere? I don't, I don't think so, but... You know, if you're going to talk about trading Tarasenko, O'Reilly, these guys, could you get a, a player like that? You know, I, I doubt it. If the Blues, if when the Blues trade O'Reilly, set the over-under amount of days, weeks, months until Thomas wears the C. That's from the 417 down Springfield way. Yeah, it's a good question. The only thing with uh, Shen, I think he has five years left. Yeah. And, and I think that um, he's kind of the emotional leader, the, the conscious of the team. I think the one reason... I would give it to Thomas if you decided to give it to Thomas is because you know you're going to get Shen's leadership anyway without that C, and maybe you're you know planning a little bit for the future with a guy like Robert Thomas, and you know that Shen's going to be there. But otherwise, I would think it would go to number 10. Uh, guys, what has a better chance of occurring, the Blues signing Ryan O'Reilly to an extension or JR doing Pilates? Uh, you, are, you already told us. <laughs> You were doing them this morning at, what, 5? That's when you got up and did them? Yeah. Well, you said there was no chance of the O'Reilly thing. You said that, right? Yeah. What do you think the chance of me and the Pilates? What is less than zero? A wonderful film that included Jackson's favorite football team, the Bengals, Susanna Hoff's Hazy Shade of Winter? Yes. <laughs> That's now my baseline behavior for what Jackson has no idea what I'm talking about. It sounds like that. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think there's a chance that O'Reilly signs a 20-year deal before you catch me at class. <laughs> that early at least. 20-year deal. Can you imagine what your emails would look like? Thank goodness I didn't buy tickets for Valentine's Day night dinner and watch these blues play. I'd be sleeping with my hand that night. Thank you. That's from the 573. Wow. <laughs> yes was the right answer to that question. Yes. But see, if you yes. were if you were doing your hit on TMA and that came in, your answer would be different. Am A I correct? Bit different, see? Yeah. You put on your big boy pants when you come in here.
I'm, I'm That's why I was a TMA answer was going through my head and I had to stop. <laughs> and you did the right thing. You just went, "Wow." That's a, it's like when I used to host a show with Frank Cusimano and I would say something weird, he'd go, "Okay, Arnold, <laughs> save us." And he'd just go to the phone lines cuz you know what the hell to do. <laughs> uh, let's see my my question is first off, I am a fan of Craig Berube. I think he's an awesome coach, but my question is the Blues turning with the Blues turning to this speed team instead of this heavy defensive team. It used to be uh, when Chief took over, I'm starting to think he's not the right coach for where the organization is trying to go. What are your thoughts on the topic from the 980? Well, I go back to a comment that Doug Armstrong made back in November. You were talking about that earlier where he said, hey, listen, maybe we need to talk more about being on the same page in terms of putting that, you know, square peg into a round hole. You know, I, I think that you got to give them a little bit of flexibility in terms of there's transition with a roster over the years. It evolves, right? You can't just handpick guys. Okay, you're going to yeah. do this. You know, t- you got to find teams that want these guys to be able to change the roster over the way you want to. So I don't think it can happen overnight. Um, but I'll say this that Craig Burby will coach skilled players. Look what he's done with a guy like Jordan Cairo and even Robert Thomas. He can do it. But I don't think the Blues as a whole have the type of roster that can give you a, what I, I tweeted it last night, singular identity where you're going out and playing, you know, the, the same brand of yeah. hockey. And I think that's going to take time for Doug Armstrong to change some of these roster decisions that he's made. Uh, get this question along the coaching lines. The Blues missing Jim Montgomery more than they thought they would. Yeah, I think that's a, a an issue. I don't think if Jim Montgomery's on this team, they're in second place in the Central Division. But I do think that if he were here, you know, he kept the mood light. And obviously he's on the details, right? The, the special teams did a tremendous job, and those uh, Boston special teams are terrific. And the Bruins have been unbelievable yeah year. i mean what a what an operation that is holy crap yeah and i talked to jim montgomery earlier in the year when the blues played him and he said jeremy this patrice bergeron is on you know he said what a great leader they've just got a great culture he walked into a, a phenomenal situation and i think that he's added his you know uh impression on everything and, and i think the two have come together terrifically uh jr what are the chances army makes an old school big trade involving three to ten players to maybe fix this situation that's tim from the south side <laughs> is this a camo x uh <laughs> show? Yeah, this is kind of like i'm tom ackerman yeah and we'll give you tyler pitlick and <laughs> you know uh i don't think so it's so hard in today's nhl i mean could there be something like that this summer we'll see i don't think you're going to see anything like that at the trade deadline uh, but I think that uh, those are more individual moves that you have to make and then it kind of adds up that way as opposed to those big moves that we saw 20 years ago. Uh, I would be remiss if I had you in here for two segments and didn't read a Pareko text. Uh, Tareko, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, basically this would be the theme of the multitudes that have come in for a guy who's so big why does he play so soft? There's my concise version of about <laughs> the five that are in here. Yeah, that's, I mean that's who he is. Like we're not going to get to a point where we say okay maybe next year he'll become this type of guy. It's not going to happen. This is who he is. But that doesn't mean that he can't play a consistent brand of hockey. It doesn't mean that he still can't be a guy who can give you 22, 23 minutes a night that you can count on him. And and I don't think you can do that right now. Uh, there's been a lot of inconsistency in his game. And so when you add that to the fact that he's not doing the other things, playing with any sort of yeah. edge or using that shot, then you just look and you say, why? Like It, it looks like a waste when you see a guy – not doing some things you think he can be, and then he's not doing the things he's supposed to be doing. Would the Blues be better off with draft capital or near NHLers in return at the trade deadline? It's a real good question, and the reason I say that is because 
a lot of times you can look at a team situation and say, well, definitely draft capital or definitely players that are closer. And in the Blues situation, what is it? Because you could probably get more draft capital because teams aren't going to trade you NHL-ready players because they're they're trying to get to the playoffs and go beyond. Uh, but I think in this situation, if you're the Blues, you almost need players because you have the Nick Lettys, the Braden Chins, all these guys with these contracts, right. and you know Justin Falks, and and in a couple of years those contracts are going to look pretty ugly. They're going to be on the backside of them. They're still eating up a lot of cap. So to me, I don't know what that draft capital can do for you in the near term because yeah. those guys are four or five years away. Yeah, th- that's that's one of the things that when I think about this and not just think about this season and the disappointment, I go, boy, is this? Are we at the beginning of a a period in time of something that is kind of unfamiliar to Blues fans who don't remember the the dark days of come grow with us? I, I think you're definitely getting to that point where a year ago or maybe even six, eight months ago, I didn't think we were going to do that. I, th- I thought well, that— coming off of nearly beating—not nearly beating, but I mean, they were right there with the Avalanche who yeah. went on to easily win the Cup. Well, and you look at those contracts, you say, okay, Doug's not going to go that route. He has to keep you know, making some tweaks to keep this core going because there's so many guys under long-term contract. But now I'm starting to get closer to— thinking that, you uh, you know, you hate to use the term blow it up, but significant, significant changes. Final question for you, and I know we've talked about it, but uh, maybe things have changed now, especially with your conversation with Ryan O'Reilly, which you can read in The Athletic. A uh, great piece of reporting by JR. I asked you about the possibility of O'Reilly and the Blues doing something similar to what we saw with Kachuk, wait, uh, Kachuk and the Thrashers, and then immediately making his way back to St. Louis. Any chance of that happening now before you had told me you thought if he goes, he's gone? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked because I have heard some people the past couple of days say, no, that's out of the question for sure, and I don't want to you know, leave that impression because anything can happen. Like, But, but my thing is... We don't even know what's going to happen in three weeks. So how do we know what's going to happen in six months? You know, if O'Reilly does want to come back, perhaps they do move him, and perhaps he does come back. But I'll stick to my answer that I gave you earlier: is you know, I, I just can't see that being the situation because I think if you're moving from O'Reilly, you're moving from him, and you're going to go in a different direction. If you wanted to resign him, resign him now, and then there's a really good chance. Uh, you know, that obviously you're going to have him for the next couple of years. You let him go. Let's just say he goes to Toronto. He likes his time there. You know, how can you guarantee that he's coming back? Mm-hmm. So so I think if you move him, you're probably moving him, and you're you're saying, okay, we are going this direction, and we're changing the look of the team. There it is. JR with us for the summit. Got to, uh, I think, uh, about 15 of the texts uh, that came in, and, and certainly uh, we appreciate all the people who participated in the fun games. And thank you, sir. For coming oh, in, anytime. I know you were gassed after the Pilates session when you read my text, and yet you still were a champion in here. Anytime. I wanted to send you off. I knew that when you called, you're like, man, we, if we could just get JR for 30 minutes, that would kill some time. We're, you know, because we're, we're leaving for Jamaica in the morning, and I just want to get through this what Friday. What do you think about Jackson and his special roommate? Which show are we on right now? <laughs> How can I answer Let's this question? we're on HD2. <laughs> I've begged him to go, but he won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been Thanks, barred. boys. JR, thank you so much. Uh, and if you missed anything with uh, JR in studio with us here for this Blues Summit, uh, you can podcast apps, Tire and Auto Center, sponsor of the podcast on 101 ESPN. Coming up, if that conversation uh, made you depressed going into the weekend, uh, here's another one to parlay it with. Uh, tweet regarding Bally's Sports and its impact on the Cardinals. I'll have that story for you on the other side of the break. It's not great news. It's next on Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Welcome back. Bloom Party, driven by Mungan and St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. Final segment for the week, and we will return live in studio a week from today. And Jackson will be a man. Mm. A week from today. I can't wait for the stories you'll share. You'll hold on during TMA. You won't share them on TMA. You'll save them for Balloon Party. I can't wait to be a man. Clip that off. Promo. <laughs> uh, here is the tweet I deep teased in the previous segment. From Dave O'Brien, David O'Brien. Uh, he is a writer in Atlanta, and uh, he covers the Braves for The Athletic. This is what he tweeted yesterday, Jackson. Pro teams relying on television rights revenue from deals with 19 Bally Sports RSNs will face severe belt tightening since right deals can be terminated amid restructuring. MLB's Cardinals have been identified as a franchise likely to take one of the hardest blows. Mm. Uh, We have discussed the situation with these regional sports networks and Diamond Sports, uh, which is the company that operates them, the parent company, Sinclair, having to file for bankruptcy and being on the verge of that. Uh, we know that the Cardinals are shareholders, albeit minority shareholders, in Valley Sports Midwest. And throughout the course of the offseason, an offseason in which I have said over and over, I'm confused by it, and then I will say, well, the offseason is not over yet, well, when you and I reappear here on 101 ESPN next week, uh, they will be a week and a half away from pitchers and catchers reporting to Jupiter, right. Florida. Yep. So I think I got a bet with you, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, 20 bucks. Just for, like, any hitter. <laughs> Let's see if they've acquired any hitter. Like, they could acquire you and put them on the major league roster. And I'm be... scrappy. I know. I'd I get know. a standing ovation, trust me. Yeah. I'd get my uniform dirty. I'm small as all get out. Right. It's, well, just hit it to the opposite I've field. got the right intangibles. Right. Uh, either way. I've wondered about this. Is this situation, is this situation something that has factored in? And when John Mazalak said at the start of the offseason that they plan to increase the payroll, did what's taking place with Bally's, and not just the one in St. Louis, but across the board, 19 of them, and the filing for bankruptcy impact the Cardinals. And here you have David O'Brien in Atlanta saying MLB's Cardinals have been identified as a franchise likely to take one of the hardest blows. My question is, did that impact the Cardinal offseason? The answer, I can't imagine, we'll we'll get something on the record, and I understand that. Um, John Mazalak at the winter warm-up said, well, payroll did increase. I still say that the way he answered it, didn't necessarily endear himself to people because I think if he would have said something along the lines of, I understand in the literal sense it did increase. However, I know that most fans and perhaps some of you here covering the team thought when I said that the increase would be larger. And candidly, I thought it was going to be as well, but the market shifted so aggressively that it wasn't something that we were comfortable doing. And that kind of covers, take your pick of blaming the market or also the umbrella of what's going on with Bally's without necessarily saying it, as opposed to going, well, it did go up if you look at it. And then people are going, oh, man, you're going in the literal sense. And it was going to go up because you had a bunch of guys getting increases as it was. With that said, what does the Cardinal coverage look like going forward uh will they create can they create their own yes network the yankees doing that 20 years ago right um the card you would initially go well i mean it's st louis versus new york no but the cardinals are a regional brand Big time. 
We had somebody text into TMA this morning saying the best thing that baseball could do, I don't know, and this is this is doing it without running a PL on it, but the best thing baseball could do is something similar to the MLS. Right. Which may sound counterintuitive because I'm sure plenty of people are going, Oh, I'm looking forward to watching STL City, but I gotta buy a subscription on Apple TV. But then there are no blackouts, and you can watch STL City or any other MLS game anytime you want, anywhere you are. So you tend to two things. Um, I would personally do that. I don't know if you would experience a decrease in the number of viewers. You would experience a decrease. How substantial would that decrease be to not make it cost-effective if that's the model that they go and they create their own network that could be accessible anytime you want from your phone and also be reliable? So this situation is something to keep a close eye on, as David O'Brien of The Athletic reporting that uh, a number of teams are going to experience some belt tightening, and the Cardinals have been identified as their franchise likely to take one of the hardest blows. Keep an eye on that story. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson and the great Jeremy Rutherford, who was kind enough to come in today for our Blues Summit. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.